welcome to Guitar Radio Show, the show dedicated to the guitar player, guitar maker, gear builder, and purveyors of such items that you may not know about, but should. Here's your host, Mark Davin. Hey, everybody. Well, by those dulcet tones you hear in the background, you can tell who our guest is today, and I am blown away that we got the chance to sit down with Mr. Eric Johnson and have an in-depth conversation, not only about his new record, but the upcoming tour for 2018, and even more so about his playing style, uh, about his gear, and about um, music in general and what it does to the human condition. So it's a really great interview. Uh, I do want to say in the uh, to preface this before we start anything, when we recorded this, we were like, oh, this is so great. This is so amazing. This is all happening. And then we finished up, and we went back and we listened to start cleaning it up and mixing it, and we heard stuff in the background, some machinery in the background, which sounds to be like a lawnmower. Where the hell it came from, I have no idea, because when we were live in the studio, we did not hear it in our headphones, we did not hear it coming across, it did not register in any way, shape, or form. So I just wanted to let you know that that it's there, you're going to hear it, and it's probably going to annoy the crap out of you like it's annoying the crap out of me. <laughs> but you know what? Deal with it. It's still a great interview uh, with a, an amazing American musician, uh, one of the finest guitarists on the planet. And, uh, you know, you can go ahead and slam us uh, on all of your uh, boards and everything else about the, about the sound quality. Knock yourselves out. Like I, like I said in the very first episode, if somebody hate doesn't hate you, then, you know, you're not doing something right. <laughs> anyway, enjoy this. Uh, I, I think you really will dig it. Uh, we get into some conversations here that I did not expect to with him, but he's so open, he's so honest, and he's really wonderful. Here's my interview with Eric Johnson. Guitar Radio Show, guitarradioshow.com. All right, folks, rounding up 2017, our next guest has a new record coming out. It actually uh, came out on uh, November 17th, I believe. And uh, and starting up with the new year, 2018, he's going to uh, go out with the Avia Musicom 2018 tour. I guess, obviously, to, in support of... Uh, the new record collage as well. We have with us Mr. Eric Johnson. Eric, welcome to Guitar Radio Show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you on. You have you have been on my wish list for a very long time to have you on the show. Thank and, you. Thanks for having me be on. Now um, it's great. Yeah, and it's great to have a, uh, a fellow Austinite on as well. <laughs> so, uh, as I was saying off mic, I got to hear the, the, the new record, and it's really great, man. I love how um there's you know there there's a, a smattering of of covers in there and and done in your own in your own way that you do covers and I want to talk about them and then there's there's about I think was it five original tunes on there as well and yeah, and exactly. and they're and they're great and and there's one in particular that really stood out and I'm going to ask you lots of questions about that sure um so, what was the impetus behind collage? 
Um, you know, just some stuff that I was having fun playing. I just it's kind of more continuing, just kind of trying to perform live in the studio. And, yeah. Um, get away from you know so studio esque. You know, yeah, doing pieces. But I try to just do more big, large chunks of performing and stuff. And I don't know. I just kind of would think of a song by somebody else. Go, oh, well, I'd like to try that. Um, um, some of the tunes I've been, I've been doing for years but never recorded and then a couple of them I just thought or, or somebody suggested that I maybe should you know try a version of it and so I did that and then the other stuff was just kind of some newer pieces I had that I wanted to record on my own were these were these these original tunes were they stuff that you've had in the in kind of in the can for a while or uh, a couple of them were stuff I've had in the can for a couple of years yeah yeah it's real. It's it's such a it's such a really interesting slice of you. This record it's 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 very different in the sense that you know you open up the record with the Stevie Wonder tune uh, "Uptight Everything's All Right," and I love I love how you know that the verse, the chorus, all that it's it's you know it's that song. And then when you go for that first lead break, it's like there's no doubting <laughs> who's playing the lead guitar. It's, oh, yeah. it's so cool. It's so different. Yeah, you know, obviously I didn't want to try to do the get too close to the original because that's the best. You know, you can't get any better than Stevie Wonder. But yeah, just wanted to have kind of a different kind of off the cuff kind of vibe about it. But yeah, it's kind of I enjoy sometimes. I actually enjoy doing other people's songs and then just like you know rearrange it for your own mm-hmm. uh, complexion, but or flavor or whatever you want to do, but you know still pay tribute to the songs. I, I'm Lately, I've been having as much fun playing other people's stuff as playing my own. I just just to play yeah you know, other songs that people write. Yeah, you know, I'm curious to know. I mean, I <clears throat> I got turned on to you at at the uh, inception of I'm a, I'm a view, uh, music music Com. I was actually on a I was in a hair band <laughs> and I was on tour, and one of our guitar techs brought in a cassette and said, "You got to hear this." And we heard Cliffs of Dover, and 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 I remember going, oh "My God, it sounds like a keyboard. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds yeah. like a key- you know. It's like, wow, this is crazy. And we were just we were we were, and we just kept playing it over and over and over as we would go on those long trips. And and um, one of the things uh, is that." That original sound of yours that you've had, and I'm sure you've been asked this probably a million times already, but coming up with a, a sound like that, did it take you years to have this, to, to, to develop this? Because I've seen you play not on your gear, and you sound like you, no matter what. Well, I think it's like like you say, I mean, if you go play, it's going to sound like you no matter what you use. It's yeah. just that that is most of it. And really, um, I don't know. I don't think uh, there's a small part of it is whatever you use to enhance what you do. And I used to, you know, harp about tone, tone so much. And I don't know. I, and now I, I, I don't think it's so much the sound or the tone as much as it's the the feel. Does mm-hmm. it promote your playability? Mm-hmm. And different people, like if you listen to. Uh, certain players uh, you know Pat Martino or, yeah. or some other 
other high five players where you know they they want a real stiff sound or a Jim Hall where he wants a real bassy sound and I know with me to try to do the licks I like to do or the music I like to do I need kind of this kind of bouncy kind of somewhat soft woody sound and so after harping about tone for so many years I finally realized you know what really is the paramount thing to me is the feel and the playability that the touch and when you pick the string how does how does the guitar respond as a guitar via the amp because really if that's if that's happening the tone doesn't have to be perfect you know because your your muting technique and your your technique will accommodate any of the other stuff it's really like that's more important i mean you could have the greatest tone in the world if it doesn't feel right or pick right then then it's useless whereas you could have a trashy tone and have it feel right pick right and it's much more important so i think it was a long process for me to put it together but it was mainly just a kind of a, uh, a, you know, over the years of people I listened to, you know. And, um, I mean, I was a huge Clapton fan and Cream, so I really loved that tone. Yeah. And, and then I got into playing Fenders because I was enamored by, like, the way Hendrix could get rhythm and lead tones, which is tougher on some other guitars. But mm-hmm. So then it was a question of, well, I really like this Clapton thing, so I got to somehow make the Strat have more gain, like a Gibson. Or, or another guitar humbucker so it was kind of a trying to ride the two sides of the fence at once sort of yeah yeah do you, do you feel like now now that you've finally kind of come to grips with that do you feel when you play it's more you feel more relaxed yeah I I um I think I'm getting there I'm finding some things that I've kind of lost over the years or not lost, misplaced um, because I got so into um, playing just strictly vintage instruments without them being uh, customized, I guess you would say, and, which is cool. I mean, and that's great if somebody wants to do that. It, you know, I got so into that and enamored by, you know, that, that I didn't realize, I didn't stop and think, you know what, really the most important thing is what makes you make the best music you know if you're a musician i mean obviously if it's different if you collect guitars and preserve the americana of it that that's great but if you are a musician looking for your sound and looking to produce the most beautiful thing you can you got to put that up front no matter what it is and so i've kind of re found some stuff by you know going you know what i'm going to switch out these pickups or change out these electronics or change out the speakers or whatever whatever it is to make me have joy and 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 get that you know catapult me into that thing that will produce what i'm hearing in my head so yeah i'm trying to to recapture a few things that i kind of was i kind of quit doing because I got I fell into this thing oh I just want to play vintage guitars but this the whole time I'm doing it I'm going man this this pickup on this Fender is really weak it doesn't have any gain I can't get any gain so I'm just trying to try to you know just like more gain I guess that would be, if, I was to, if I was to run for president which I, I won't because I would never want that job but it might I would just have a bumper sticker that just said more gain <laughs> More and more distortion. More more gain. Gain. <laughs> well, I get that. Actually, kind of leads me to a question. You know, in regards to you saying those strats, you know, and some of the pickups are a little weaker and stuff like that. Do you, you know? I've heard you say, and I totally agree that you know you could have twenty strats lined up, and not really one of them is going to sound the same, feel the same, bring the same vibe. 
they're just this really unique sort of a, an animal and when it comes to guitars um, when when you are trying to decide on what the what instrument's going to be like for example with your um, signature model your fender signature model you know they go ahead and they model it after something that you've been playing for a while something vintage and you get the instrument is there still is there still a a, a, set, a sitting period or a setting period or a resting period for that instrument or out of the case is it coming and feeling and sounding just like you would hope the 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 original did um, well, I think that anything right out of the case is there. You could get, like you say, you get ten of them right next to each other, and they're all going to be different. Yeah. And maybe most importantly, which one responds to your muse um, and your the, your just chemistry and anatomy as a person as you're instigating that sound with your your picking technique or your your intention or whatever. So there's there's it's all over the map, and I think it's just real. It's pretty explainable. I mean, it's like it's, it's because it's a sum of a bunch of parts thrown together. Mm-hmm. So there's there's no way there's not going to be variations. They might be small nuance nuances, but they're going to be variations. And I guess it depends on what's your application for music. If you're if you're really just a great songwriter and you're making beautiful records, and it's all about just a strumming the guitar to produce these beautiful songs and maybe those nuances are not that critical if you're a a violin player trying to push the envelope on the on the virtuosic side of it which is no less or more important you know it's just mm-hmm. a choice of different colors in the rainbow mm-hmm. and then those nuances really make a difference and you have to develop a personal association with your instrument yeah and know how to negotiate that the negotiate the uh the constituencies of the instrument the, the pros and the cons mm-hmm. well, i totally i hear that i mean it's it's i have I've, I've owned strats that i thought well this is pretty good this is pretty good and it just especially for one reason or another we didn't gel and then, and then, yeah, then there are others that I, 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 you're gonna have to pry it from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's weird. And I, I, I guess on the subject of being a musician or being an artist or songwriter, you have to go. Okay, that's what I am first and foremost, and and not a, not necessarily a collector foremost. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But if you're if if that's what you are, music to make music, a musician to make music, then. You have to get to the point where you go, you know what, I'm going to honor this more than I'm going to honor the fact that I've got this really cool guitar and I mm-hmm. should like it. It should work for me. Why am I fighting it? It's mm-hmm. not working. You know, on paper, it should be perfect. It should be great. But for some reason, it's not. You know, mm-hmm. And you have to come to terms with, well, you know, I'm going to honor myself as a musician to make music. So it, it might be great on perf- paper, but this, this piece of junk over here that's worth one-tenth the amount of money you know it's and it makes it's more magic you know Mm -hmm. that's a it's an itch to come to terms to that because it it, you know it's you know bigger is not always best and more expensive or more rare all those things that that we use as constituencies to go okay this this should be you know the operating word is like should you know but i mean you can pick up some squire strat and it, it might have way more magic than a lot of things once you make, once you come to terms with that, I think there's a freedom to where you you might stumble on a vintage instrument that's awesome, but you also might stumble on something that's just amazing and it costs a hundred bucks. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree with you. I I, I'm, I had that same conversation with Eric Gales, who he he loves you. All, he loves you all to death. Um, right, I love. 
Man, he's a great player. Yeah, and he was saying, he said, you know, he says, give me a squire and a pig nose. He says, I'll make music. I'll fig- yeah. I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, and there's, I think there's a freedom in that. Um, there's a, there's a, that it's, there's a maturity of, of, you know, coming to terms with yourself and honoring yourself as a musician. And there's a, there's a freedom in it, John, where you're not bound by the stuff. And I mean, just personally speaking, I think that I put myself in, I mean, there, I've gone through periods where I've kind of chained myself in it, going, "Oh no, I got This has to be just like this, and that's got to be like that, because that's what I like, and that's what all my heroes said." But my heroes were just alive in the '60s, and they just pulled it off the rack and just happened to be what it was. You mm-hmm. know? Now I just thought, you know what? Rather than me trying to control everything and hold the paintbrush on the on the universe painting, you know, that that God's painting, you know, why don't I just like look for cues or little secrets or little you know uh, you know what I mean like you, little suggestions and I maybe I'll get to ride a wave that's bigger myself because I, I'm not so busy talking maybe I'm listening yeah I, I can see how that really would just free you up and put you in a completely different creative place yeah and, and you know I mean I can't this is obviously long-winded but it kind of gets back to what we're talking about the record I mean this new record I did, I mean, it's not perfect. There's, you know, things about it that are weird, but I mean, the, what, I, what I'm trying to do is honor that that voyage and that intent and that direction, which is, you know, don't talk all the time. Just listen for clues. And I think part of this is trying to re, reacquaint myself with just performing music, you know. And for me, that's what work. There's no, and it, you know, you can get hung up like the pendulum can swing all the way the other way you go oh that's what it's about but really it's not about anything it's about what works for you because mm-hmm. everything is cool I mean it's cool to make electronica music one note at a time if it if that serves you you know but for me to, to you know is to try to get back to performing music and getting more you know organic and stuff so I think that all kind of ties into the whole thing of like recapturing and allowing that magic to present itself and not not stumble over our own feet yeah for sure i mean and you seem you've, you've always seemed to be like a very organized musician but at the yeah. sa- but at the oh, same oh, time oh. at the same Sorry. time you have these moments of where like oh we're 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 on the ride with him yeah we were on this track but now he took us off this track and we're on this ride with him and we don't know where it's going to go so how much of that for you is heart and how much of that is head? Is it a balance or? And now it's becoming more heart. And yeah. like a lot of the stuff I do on the new record is, you know, it's it's just performed. It's just improvised yeah. a lot. But, and I think I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a, I'm having to like re-enter high school at this moment, you know, to re-get that back. I'm certainly no doctorate at, you know, that like you, like, you know, somebody like Ray Charles or somebody you know do everything in two takes or you know I mean there's play because you spend your whole life doing that and that muscle gets stronger and I, I left that whole concept for a long time and got into just you know like you say playing too much from my head and you know making sure everything's spot on and, mm-hmm. and um, that kind of thing and you you pay a you pay a high price for that I mean mm-hmm. there's not, nothing wrong with making trying to make it as great as you can but sometimes the price is too it, sometimes you can't afford it yeah. you know it's too high it's a luck it's a, a you can't afford the luxury of going for that kind of thing and i think that's that's why i'm trying to like 
kind of let that go and get out of that. Yeah, it's, it's it's really true. You know, I, I, I've, I've, I've been sitting with your catalog, you know, for a couple of days, and, and I got to say, this the, the new record is is really the most relaxed, and it seems to, you seem the most comfortable. Yeah, because it's just playing music without like prejudging or. or you know, because my initial thought was, oh, I didn't get that, or that's a little... I mean, I left, I'm learning to leave things that are not quite right. Um, and it's, it's it's really a means to an end. It doesn't mean that I've arrived at, okay, that's great, I've, you know, because, I mean, there's things that... It, and it's not, I'm not talking about whether it's more perfect or not. I'm talking about just making better music, making right. more impactful, soulful music. And right. I'm, I've got a long ways to go to... To realize that, but I think that if you if you're always embracing the the seduction of technology, to uh, then you just you kind of you start backtracking and retracing your back footsteps. And you, if you just make a resolve, go, you know what? I'm just going to go forward. I, maybe I didn't hit it this time. Maybe I maybe I hit it 85 percent. Maybe it's not a 90 percent. But I'm just going to, you know, the only way to keep getting stronger at that is to commit to that voyage mm-hmm. so that you don't just keep like falling back on your, on your insurance program. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. For sure. And you know, what's interesting. There's a track I, I mentioned earlier. There's a track I wanted to ask you about in particular um, that when I heard it, it was speaking, you said seduced seduction before this song seduced me. And I was just like, Oh man, I want to hear him do even more of stuff like this, and it's the, the last track on the record. To whom it may concern. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, a lot of people were commenting on that, um, which is interesting because it's not. I mean, oh, here I go, but it's not a very good recording. We literally were just jamming in the studio, and Kelly just punched record. We didn't get a chance to even get the sound, so it, it sounds a little funny. Like, but it's literally just us totally made it up in the moment. I mean, uh. it's. Com- Completely improv, and I think thereby there's a certain spirit that comes through when you um, do that. You yeah. know, and I, the more I started noticing that, the more I went, "Wow!" You know, there's something really the pulse of humanity and the heart. You know, mm-hmm. if you allow that to permeate what you do, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. You know, so um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I love that track, and I, you know that would be actually how what a cool what a cool project that might be, you know, just, just you get, go in there, just turn it on, turn it on, and, and see what happens. <laughs> Do yeah, ten tracks yeah. like that. <laughs> that would be cool. Oh my god! I mean, it's it's so interesting because I I got the feeling that that was sort of uh, like kind of just on the fly when I heard it but but it, but there was that muse that you were talking about in there you know that 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 feeling of it's just you the you the instrument you know and you, and you're playing an electric piano on there which is really cool too that was kind of the same way cuz I, I I I I it was played three piece and and then I thought well uh, we del- deliberated whether to do anything to it. And I thought, well, I know it's going to be ripping off because we ended as lovers, you know, semis, jet that kind of thing. <laughs> but I just, I just said, you know, I really hear a Max Middleton type road sound on this uh-huh. song. Oh, and even I don't, and I was like, I don't care that you know people can 
throw stones. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> so I literally just wrote out the chord the, the implied chord changes of what I did on the guitar, and then like I just cut the piano track like two or three times, and just I think the second take I said that's it. I'll just use that. You know, yeah. didn't really work it out. I just kind of it was kind of more of the same. You know, as far as just kind of performing it off the off the cup you know side of your just going for it yeah I love the track I think it's I'm so glad you included it in the record it's really great I really love it um so there's a there's a another cover I wanted to mention about here the the killer version of Rock Me Baby Oh, thank you. Oh man, it is so good. It's so I I'm honestly as the very first time I heard it I says, "Oh, I hope he does this at the Paramount on February 15th." Uh, yeah. <laughs> is that yeah. gonna, is that going to be in the live set? We might. I don't know. I I'm kind of it's kind of Kyle and Tommy and I it's kind of a trio thing. We're doing a we're doing a short set of newer stuff and then we come out and play the obvious music on record. I don't know if I'll have a big enough band to pull it off. I mean, I could do a three-piece first, but I don't know if it would, I don't know if it would um, work. It might sound um, pretty cool. But I maybe could do that. Maybe yeah. I'll yeah. try that. <laughs> Go for it. Um, yeah, so, so so that's the deal, right? For you, you, the tour starts just after the first of the year, like around the twenty third, I think it is, right? Something like that. Exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. it starts on the twenty third, and it, it starts in Tucson at the Rialto Theater, and um, you run all the way through into March, I think, end of March or something like that. And you're going to be here. You're going to be here in Austin on, on at the Paramount, and I'm going to be there. Um, okay. Me and the wife, well, she's excited, and. Um, so the so the idea is that you're going to come out, you're going to do the, some of the newer tunes, and then you'll come back and you'll do the entire uh, the other album. Yeah, we'll do just like a 45 minute set, and then we'll take a super short break, and um, and then do the whole album. No, obviously is coming. Yeah, that's cool, and it's the original band. Yeah, uh-huh. that's cool. So how did all that happen? I, I mean, um, it was just well, the. Just had been talking about um, yeah, a lot of people are doing that now. I think they're going out and playing. Or they'll pick like one of their records from the past. Go, let's go do this record. And yeah. Recently, I went to the uh, the Pet Sounds uh, to, to Brian Wilson, the Beach Boys, mm-hmm. and saw them at, at ACL, and they did the whole Pet Sounds record. And it just seems like a, a, a contemporary thing to do nowadays for you know artists that have you know been around for a while whatever but and so yeah we're just uh, a bunch of us were just talking and thought it'd be a good idea and we started putting it on uh facebook and on the on the website and we got a lot of response like well we'd love to see that it just seemed like people would enjoy seeing it so that's gonna be a blast i you know like i said the first time i ever heard you play i i immediately thought to myself this guy must be a, when the first time I ever heard you so he must be a keyboard player also and you and you were you started it on piano right yeah uh, yeah so was that a lot of was that a lot of your when you know I mean you started playing guitar at 11 so, right so you you was was that keyboard harmony background part of the way that you ended up committing yourself to the way you voice yeah I think it is um, um, 
like the fact that when I that's why I kind of like to play with my fingers a lot just kind of get more of those kind of piano voices yeah yeah even harpsichord kind of a yeah. vibe in there too yeah. for sure absolutely so going back to the the new record um tell me about tell me about the song uh, to love you oh uh, it's just a ballad that kind of came to me really fast I and mean, that's a brand new tune um and i've just only been playing that for a while and i literally uh it's interesting i were, that's totally live the the whole well not the lead i, I overdone the lead but uh the the rest of the song is was cut live including the vocal it's a wow. live vocal. i you know of course would have you know gone back and fixed some of the vocal and stuff because there's some weird stuff where phonetically i kind of swallowed the words it sounds a little funny but i just i just left the live vocal huh and i there was i think we fixed one note on the uh, live vocal because it had so much cymbal crash in it because the the vocal Michael's right next to the drums. Uh, yeah, you know, and I'm just like, okay, well, the only way with this, the only way I'm going to get stronger is this is just force myself to do it. So I just kind of went, okay, let it go. You know? <laughs> and so you're doing it. You're doing it live in the room with the entire band. Right. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. And that's at yeah. that's at Saucer Sound, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Um, so, do you normally do that, or this was kind of something a little left of center for you? Well, I, I'm, on the acoustic record I did last year, I started doing that where I cut stuff live. Um, but yeah, it's I used to not do that. I mean, there's there was um, there was a lot of stuff on tones that was cut live, there, and there was a good portion of stuff cut live on. Obviously, although I overdubbed tons of stuff on that and redid it, but um, it's funny because the Obviously, record is one of the, and some of it is one of the least live records I ever made. Although it, you know, <laughs> people think it was, but but then after that, I mean, a lot of my records, I mean, just started getting into this thing where it was just all pieced together, you know, and um, so uh, you know, it was it wasn't until, um, um, you know, like. Um, the acoustic record last year that I just said, you know what, I don't want to make records that way anymore. For me, it's just, I'm paying too high of a price mm-hmm. personally to doing that. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way I'm trying to do things now. I don't think I'll always try to sing live with the track, but, but I might. I mean, sometimes there's, um, um, it, there's this thing that happens that, yeah. that uh, it, it's kind of cool. Well, you know, you know what's interesting too for me is I noticed you know, as you as people get older, your voice isn't supposed to get better, but your voice sounds better on this record than it does on Avia Music. Oh, really? Oh, you, well, that's good. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, it, it, and 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 I think that I, I don't know. I'm just I'm speculating, but maybe that's because of that whole relaxed methodology. I think so. I think it helps. Yeah, because you're kind of forced where you're going to be. You're more available to get to to do something soulful and, and, and emotional if you're in the moment singing it rather than if I'm overdubbing it and then I'm thinking about it too much. Mm-hmm. And it sounds I think that was, you know, this stuff we're talking about, I think that was the biggest thing for me to realize was that where my head was at, what I'm thinking, what kind of mood I'm in, all those kind of ethereal things completely permeate what we do. Yeah. 
you know and that was a that was a hard thing for me to to accept i don't know why i think it's maybe it's ego because i think no i can do it you know it doesn't matter what what i am or who i am i can make a great record because i'll just put every piece together and it'll be just right and maybe it'll be just right but you know it's like well there's some producer he had a line he said that was absolutely perfectly that was absolutely perfect without being any good at all (laughs) that's that's kind of a good way to say it (laughs) it was absolutely perfect without being any good at all but uh, I don't know. It's so I, it was hard for me to just go. You know what? I, I've got to like. You've got to bring it. You got to own it. You got to be in the moment. You got to mean it. Yeah. And be. You know what I mean? When you do it, if if you really want something to have have that magic, and um, I don't know why. I, I still wonder why that was so hard for me to 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 come to grips with. But but I you know after doing tests in the studio where I would. You know, over and over again, not once, but maybe a number of times, I'd concoct this perfect lead and I'd cut it and, and punch it and fix it. And then I would do another where I'd improvise and I'd just go, you know what? I, I can't lie to myself. This, mm-hmm. this, this one just is more, you know, it's whether it's interest, it's whether something is interesting to listen to and mm-hmm. whether it's interesting to listen to multiple times instead of just once, you know. Yeah, I think there's also, don't you think at some point, though, there's, you know, you've, you've obviously you got the chops, you've been practicing a long time, you've been at it for, for years and years. And finally, I think when you do allow yourself to let go and not think about the technicality of what you're doing, that you, right. you just start to you start to just meld you and the instrument. I find that, I oddly enough, when I'm a little tired, if I'm, if I'm a little exhausted, and I just go ahead and I play, sometimes I play the stuff I, I can't believe came out of me. Right, right. Because yeah. I'm not really concentrating on it. It's, it's, it is all heart and, or, or exhaustion. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, for I mean, sure. I mean, what I do, you, do you think so? I think so, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's something. I'm telling you, it's it's. I've I've really really enjoyed sinking my teeth into this record. Let's let's talk about Stratagem. Um, now this this I, I years ago I interviewed Pat Metheny, and I asked him about you know you do you do all these wonderful instrumentals. I mean it's great music. Do you ever have a hard time titling songs? And he says he wished that he didn't have to title them at all because he didn't, oh, yeah. he didn't want there to be any preconceived notions of what the song was or give anybody an emotional cue as uh, to what the song was about. Do you feel that? Sometimes because I don't, I can't come up with titles. Like that, that title was named by Ariel, um, who's actually opening all the, the Avia Music Com shows. He's a wonderful folk singer. Uh, guitar, uh, guitarist, uh, but um, yeah, she she named that song. We, uh, we she said you got to call that uh, strategy or stratagem, and I thought, okay, great, that's cool. But yeah, and even in a lot of my songs, Manhattan, Trademark, Cliff Dover, I didn't name any of those songs. People, nothing what? could keep you really? I they named songs because I would just I didn't have a clue what to call it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I didn't know that. That's that's yeah. fantastic. Uh, how about that? That's interesting. <laughs> so, what made you decide to do uh, one one rainy wish? 
well about that's i've had that for two or three years that take i i a couple of years ago i recorded two versions of one rainy wish and one of them i put on the acoustic record right. last year and the other one i put on this i was going to put both versions on the acoustic record and um, I was advised that that was kind of strange not to do it, so I just saved this one and decided to put it on this record. But I think it was more that um, that uh, I'm I'm interested in and 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 inspired by great songs that have implications in them that can be interpreted in a variety of different ways, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, like there might be, there might, it's almost like the space between the lines in a book. There's a whole other story there that might not be put in print, but, but the print that is there kind of hints at it. And so there's a whole, there's a, there's like a secret storyboard underneath the story that, that's, that's hinted at with little clues, but not evident. And so I'm, it, it's just interesting to me, like, because Hendrix was such a great songwriter. Mm-hmm. And a really great songwriter, you can really, you can it reinterpret in different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a wonderful version. It's it's so it's so unique. And um, do you do you find? I mean, when you've listened to somebody like Hendrix, probably most of your life, right. you know. Um, do, do you ever find that um, because somebody is so good like that do you find that there's ever a melding of of you and and that person when you're doing something like this um you mean like playing too close to the way they play or playing real close to the way they do or or it just kind of you you're influencing it it's influencing you oh yeah for sure i mean he he's He's really influenced me a lot, uh, not only just music-wise, but the the, the 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 concept of how to approach guitar. And um, it, I don't even know how to put it in words. It's just the, the way he went about um, constructing, using the guitar in a way to where it was an orchestral instrument. Absolutely. He was one of the first people to do that in that way. And, yes. Um, it's, it's, because there weren't really, he, there weren't a lot of options and there wasn't like tons of synthesizers and ways. And so he figured out a way to widen the margin of, of electric guitar and use it as, as a orchestrative instrument. And I, I, so I guess that, that approach is, is something that I, I try to, to use and you do you do you do make your guitar sound like an orchestra you know i mean if you go back if if folks go back and look at that uh, austin city limits uh, episode you did uh-huh. it's it's truly that i mean because it's just the three of you up there right right you know and that's i mean wow it's incredible do you are you um are you ever at a point i know you you, you know you're you're you insert and change your pedal board a lot and, and stuff like that. Do you ever get to a point, do you ever get to points where you say, I just want to see if I can do this with the least amount of pedal or uh, all the time. And then I can't figure out how to do it. I mean, if I change, <laughs> like I keep thinking, well, okay, I'll just put a different band together with different music and I can come out with no pedals. And I, I would love to do that. I mean, just to you know, a couple of amps and guitar. I, I would, and you know, 
but the first thing that happens is okay i gotta play uh guitar with humbuckings because i have no gain here with the stratus you know it's right. just, there's oh and then it's like oh okay i need to switch it oh well i need a little bit of course so that the rhythm doesn't sound so empty you know <laughs> and i mean i'm back to the pedal board but i'd love to do that i i don't know i'd love to figure out a way to do that and do what I do, but I can't figure it out. It's funny that you bring that up because that's been a real up topic for me this whole last year. Because huh. I've I've wanted to figure out a way to. To me, I think that what I where I'd like to go is really simplifying. I think there would be. I think the the keyhole to to unlimited um, uh, whatever you know. I think there's a, there's a whole there's a complex beauty that the keyhole is to simplify, which is kind of a, that's kind of a, a you know, an opposite contradiction. It's kind of a contradiction, but it, but it really it isn't because I think there's a lot of freedom in limitations. Right. And I wish I could figure out a way to do that. I, I'd like to do that. I don't know if it would work, but maybe that's just me being afraid to do it. I don't maybe, know. maybe, maybe collage is the first step to you doing that. Yeah, it would be great. I just, you know, it's weird. Like when you play guitar, like with no, with nothing, it's it's kind of like, uh, well, I better get five people up here to do something. <laughs> this is really, this is pretty empty up here. It's kind of, kind of, it's not, it's boring and empty a little bit. <laughs> if I, if you're playing like uh, a certain type of music, it's great. Yeah, know? but trying to do more of a orchestral thing, it's kind of. But maybe that's some of just what your own you know biases I don't know I would I would like to try that I'd love to see it that would be wild that would be but what wild. would that be like if the guitarist just blasts into the PA and there's like nothing on it you think that would work I I, I, I I honestly I mean like I said I saw a video of you playing through a I think a Princeton and there was one pedal I think it was an overdrive of some kind and you were using an off the shelf and you were in some guitar center somewhere and and it was just you, and it sounded just like you, and that's when I thought to myself, was well, it's right what Billy Gibbons says, you know, it's meat on metal on wood. Right, uh, <laughs> that's true. You know, yeah. so maybe that is the case. Maybe you know, maybe yeah. it's maybe it's one of those, you know, you sneak out one night and show up at uh, Sea Boys or Antones and just plug in and go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, if it if that happens, you throw me a text because I want to be there to see that. Okay. <laughs> what are you What are you listening to now? What's in your uh, playlist that you're listening to? Oh man, I just you know, lately I've just been uh, listening to a lot of old stuff, James Taylor and Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always listen to Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Um, his music is great. Harmonies, harmonies, man. Yeah, it's just awesome. Unbelievable, yeah. And, uh, you know, Ariel's turned me on to Queen. I never really listened to Queen very much. Um, but they have some fantastic stuff. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Night of the Opera and uh-huh. some of those records. It's like, it's amazing how... Um, yeah, you should check this- check out Queen 2, the second album. It's amazing. Okay. It's okay. phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't believe how great Freddie Mercury was. Oh. There was no studio trickery then. It was there was no auto tune, and you listen to these harmonies 
that are punctually in the meter and the, and the intonation it's like it's un, it's like unworldly yeah yeah it took them forever to do it too really yeah uh, a lot of a lot of cutting tape a lot of overdub i mean they worked hard they worked wow. hard yeah and and that as old school there was no you know there was no mouse <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, man, I, I'm so glad that we finally got to talk, and, and I love this new record, and I wish you nothing but success with it. And, of course, the tour that's coming up on the 23rd of January, it starts, it's going to be in uh, Tucson at the Rialto Theater, and it's, the new record came out November 18th. It's called Collage, everybody. Go check it out. It's fantastic. And uh, and, and this tour, it's I'm, I'm really happy for you, man. This is great. Thanks, Mark. Well, great, man. Well, come say hello when you're at the Pyramid if you get a chance. I will absolutely do that. And thanks so much for taking some time out to talk to us today. You got it. All right, man. Take care. Have a great one. You too. Bye. Bye.
Check out Guitar Radio Show on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, and Tumblr. And of course, on guitarradioshow.com.